Hello and welcome to Watch It Baptist Church. My name's Mike, I'm the pastor and it's great to have you with us. This is the fourth in our sequence about understanding Jesus and having looked previously at Jesus as priest and prophet and king, this time we're looking at Jesus as sacrifice. The first thing I'm going to do is refer you to a single verse in John's Gospel which for many of us will be very familiar it really does come to the heart of what I want to talk about. So John 3:16 says this, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, that anyone who trusts him wouldn't perish, but would instead have fulfilled life. Now that might not be exactly the version that you're familiar with. I think the one I grew up knowing was God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him would not die but have eternal life and one or two differences in the way I presented I think are important not because I think that the verse the version that I learned was wrong but because I think fulfilled tells us something about eternal life that isn't just to do with how long it lasts and because uh, I also want to get us to the idea that um, that there's something that the father chose in allowing his son to take on flesh to become human that's a really big deal. I don't want to spend ages looking at this subject and just so as to avoid any um, questions running through your mind at the moment I'm up on Bossington Hill that's uh, the bay at Porlock behind me it's a bit misty out on the Devon coast and just in the corner of the screen you can see what I think is some controlled burning happening so anyway now having got that out of the way uh, I want to talk a little bit about Jesus as sacrifice. So we're going to pray and then we're going to do that. Father God be with us as we consider your revelation to us in scripture and as we consider the way you've revealed yourself to us in the person of Jesus. Would you help us to hold on tight, indeed to cling and get closer to you and all that you are. Amen. So I want to talk about Jesus as sacrifice. I think that verse in John 3 is really particularly helpful to us because it gives a sense of what sacrifice was and why it was so important. In order to grasp the depth of that, we really need to understand how God functions. Now, this is tricky and complicated and has... Um, you know, the, the early church spent hundreds of years working out some of this before it came to an agreement, which is part of the reason why the creeds say what they say. That God exists as community, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. There are three persons of God. Jesus is, uh, as we are often referring to him, the Son of God. And the Son means there's a Father and Jesus encourages us to pray our Father, telling us that the relationship of Father to child is one that we can share. He also says that we are heirs with him. That's also in John's Gospel. And so we're able to recognise that there's a relationship with the Father that isn't just to do with um, how he might feel close to us, but also to do with how our involvement in his family is comprehensive. It, it, it is a proper involvement and it's complete. And we also have the Holy Spirit, which Jesus promised that he would send this advocate, this helper, this one who walks alongside um, so that we might be able to still have Jesus with us, even though he had physically gone to be with his father. Now, I, want to, I want to say that I think one of the key bits of sacrifice that 
isn't always referred to is that when the father sends the son and the son agrees, so this is the same son who was involved in all creation, John 1 tells us that, um, when he sends the son, he is allowing the son or asking the son, uh, or also asking himself, to become flesh for always. It's not just go and have a physical body and then when you're done with it, uh, you can put it to one side again. Because Jesus demonstrates to us what a resurrection body is like, and that body is not supposed to have an end. It is eternal, or in other words, it exists beyond time, not just within time. So the, in a way, the first sacrificial thing is that Jesus becomes physical forever. That may be a sacrifice that you might feel is a really big deal. For me, I find it really encouraging. He was, he was excited enough about being able to save and help and rescue and encourage us. But he was also excited about the chance to explore being human. He became the ultimate example of humanity and he chose to do that for those reasons. That's the first thing. Second thing I think is really important is that we recognise how that sacrifice is expressed after the event. So I'm picking up Philippians 2 here. Where Paul writes that Jesus became obedient to death, even death on a cross. It's important that even death on a cross bit comes through. It is so easy for us, with the hindsight of 2,000 years, to, to not really get our heads around what was happening with the cross. The cross was such an appalling thing uh, as a means of punishment and execution, and always came with torture beforehand. It was so appalling that if you were a Roman citizen, you couldn't be crucified unless you're a deserter from the army. In which case, what you're really saying is, I don't want to be Roman anymore. And in which case they would crucify you because you were no longer Roman. You had declared otherwise. And it was such an appalling thing that the cross as a means of execution, as part of the life of the empire, wasn't talked about in polite company. So the idea now that we have that people might wear a cross around their neck as jewellery is in lots of ways scandalous and outrageous, as is Jesus' death on the cross was scandalous and outrageous. This was the mark of a traitor, and actually from the Romans' point of view, the mark of somebody whose humanity was less. You weren't, you weren't a proper person if you were crucified. So that crucifixion, that death on the cross where the hands would have been pulled out, quite likely tied or sometimes nailed through, and feet would have been tied to the upright of the cross, probably one either side, and then nailed in from the side sometimes. Um, there are different ways in which this is understood, but our understanding of crucifixion is, is developing as archaeology becomes more available to us. But that humiliating death was Jesus' willingness to sacrifice himself. His, his newly experienced humanity, his um, the things that made him him. And, and I know sometimes we come across folk who say, well, he knew that resurrection was the plan, so it couldn't have been that difficult to have died. But I think I'd want anybody saying that to, to actually look me in the eye and say, I wouldn't mind torture and painful execution, no matter what I thought was going to happen afterwards. And I think that was a terrible, horrible, humiliating thing. We're also reminded, aren't we, when we think about the story of Jesus' crucifixion, which is found in all four Gospels, that um, there is a sense of abandonment as well. So all his friends walk away uh, at the point at which he's arrested. 
And although John is present at the cross with the women, he's the only one who is. So there's abandonment too. We know that Jesus felt abandoned because he quotes Psalm 22 and says, God, why have you abandoned me? It's a separate question as to whether it's possible for God to abandon God, whether you can break the Trinity, all that kind of thing. We're not going to get sidetracked by that now. But we know that whatever else, Jesus felt this acute sense of having been left behind and forgotten, which I think tells us something about how much anguish and pain there was, emotional as well as physical. And that has to be recognised in seeing what a big deal sacrifice was for Jesus. And he knew it was coming. And he had chosen to allow it to happen. And this takes me to the only other thing I want to say about sacrifice, but which I think is really important as well, which is that sacrifice isn't a trade. Now, I do trade from time to time as a parent. I'm sure those of you who are parents have done it too. Um, sometimes when I'm feeling um, less civilised, I might refer to it as bribing my children, but I, I don't generally do that. But it's kind of, you know, there's this thing that I'd like you to do, and if you do it, then, then this will be the comeback. I think the, the risk with, with us as people is that our culture is so dominated by its economy that actually trade is kind of one of our languages almost. And we think of most things in terms of things that are transactional. Right? If I give you this, you give me that. And it would be easy for us to see sacrifice in that light. So Jesus gave something up in order to buy something else. Now, in this situation, it's worth remembering that the Bible does talk about, the New Testament writers talk about how um, we are bought at a price, and Jesus has done that. And I don't, want to, I don't want to downplay that language at all, but I think there's a difference between saying, um, I've traded something for you, and uh, you know, in order to be with you, and saying, I have given this thing up, I have sacrificed it. It's, it's precious and important to me, and whatever that I might be able to go for over here is so much worth is worth so much that I'm willing to let go of what's over here it, it can just you know I, I can do without that because this is so precious Jesus talks about it in these terms when he talks about the parable of the um, hidden treasure and the guy who finds treasure in a field sells all he has to buy the field so that he can get to the treasure the kingdom of heaven is like that says Jesus our willingness to make sacrifices is not about what we get in return. It's about indicating how important the thing is that we are aiming for. So it's not a transaction, even though there is a cost. With all that in mind, we need to be really aware of, of how important it was to Jesus to get what he wanted to get, for God to get the outcome he was looking for. And that outcome was purely and simply a connection from him to you, from him to me. That's what he wanted. Now, we can see why that was so important to him by looking again at Genesis, uh, back into Genesis 1, early Genesis 2, and also at Leviticus. Because again and again in, those, in, that, in that context, and it's reflected all the way through, the priority for God is the presence of his, um, his people. So he wants to enjoy company with those he has created and loves. And 
And so important is that to him that we get this verse in John 3. For God loved the world so much. It matters so much to him. And, and the world isn't, isn't simply a question of the planetary circumstances. That is included, definitely. But that's not the whole picture. It's the people that are key here as well. God loved the world so much that he was willing to say, I'm willing to let this go so that I can have this. I'm willing to let my son go so that I can be with the people that I have made and that I love. What an enormous commitment that is. Jesus then, as sacrifice, is Jesus as, as, um, as the thing that was the thing that was precious, but that this was more so. Jesus' the sacrifice tells us how important we are to God, how valuable we are, how precious we are, how important it is to him that we are able to share his presence. In John's Gospel, again, uh, Jesus says, in my father's house are many mansions, rooms, various different translations. In my father's house, there are lots and lots of places for, for my people to come and be with me. For, for, for the father to be able to say, here, here is space in my home for you. And Jesus talks about that intention that God has, the reality of that desire in the context of the last evening he has with his friends before his arrest. He, he talks about that and a whole lot of other things, including the Holy Spirit, then sings a hymn with them and then leaves and goes out to the garden and is there arrested. You see, sacrifice isn't trade. Sacrifice is an expression of desire, of love, almost, almost of treasure. Don't go back to that, that thing with the, the story Jesus told with the man and the treasure in the field. It's the treasure that makes it worth selling everything you have to buy the field. And, and why wouldn't God do that? Because he loves his people so very much. There's one last thing I want to touch on. And I think it's important as we think about how sacrifice works. I could have spent a long time talking about theories of atonement. And, and there are several, seven I think, that I've done some reading on. And they're very different from each other and they come from different traditions and cultures and, and they explain things different way and all of them have a part to play. I think very often for us in, in Western literate culture, we tend to end up landing at, at something that's referred to as penal substitutionary atonement. So that's the idea that punishment that we should have had was put on Jesus and he was punished instead. Uh, and I think that can create problems for the culture around us who don't know Jesus because they ask what kind of a loving God would subject his son to torture. Now one of my first responses to this is God does things in ways that don't always make sense to us because he's God and and to some extent we have to go like if it makes sense to God that's okay. But I also want us to recognise that in Leviticus where the idea of atonement is is shaped around um uh, rituals and patterns of worship uh, and an annual event, the Day of Atonement, um, that on that day the sin is symbolically placed on a, a lamb and then that lamb is released. No, it's not a lamb, it's a goat. That goat is then released and, and led away from the community. That lamb that carries sin is not punished but removed. The sacrifice 
that is made um, on the Day of Atonement is a separate thing. That's not that animal that sacrificed is not carrying sin. And somehow Jesus brings these two sacrifices together, or these two things together. He is able to carry sin away from us and also to be a sacrifice. Having said that, I now want to head towards uh, just a little bit of thinking time about what sacrifice means to us. So I'm going to ask uh, three questions, but unlike usual, I'm going to ask uh, a question and then sort of leave a gap. So even if we we're all watching this on the on the day it's released, there is still just a couple of moments to to try and, and reflect on what we're talking about here. So when that happens, uh, the image in front of you will change, you'll get a different view. So as we prepare to do that, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you gave yourself as a sacrifice, that you said willingly, I will go and fulfil this role. I will be a living example. I will be a leader and a discipler. I will be a rabbi and a teacher and then I will die as a sacrifice so that this most precious of treasures humanity individual people might be brought back to where God is as he intended them we thank you that you did that that you chose that we thank you for the strength of will that you had in those key moments to stick with that plan that even as you said this fate that you've put before me this destiny that you put before me God if you could take it away that'd be great but actually I want to do what you called me to do thank you for your willingness to be a sacrifice Okay then, question one is this. God was willing to sacrifice something as precious as someone in his own family, an extension of himself. What is there that's part of you that you are willing to let go of in order to get something better? Okay, question two is this. Have you stopped lately to remind yourself how much grace God has given? 
because he has chosen to sacrifice so that he can enjoy your presence, God doesn't need paying back and isn't looking to be paid back and isn't asking to be paid back. Only thing he's asking is that you trust him and enjoy his presence. Do you remember what that feels like? And if you don't, maybe you can take a moment now and just stop and remember and receive this love that God has for you. Question three, what are you willing to let go? Maybe there's something that you're aware of in your life that's become almost too precious. So it's become a thing that maybe stops you from being able to see or, or, or understand or receive the grace and the love of God. Just take a moment, see if you can identify anything which kind of takes up too big a space in your life. And then perhaps if you're with others, sharing something of what that is. It might be that you don't feel comfortable identifying the sort of most deep and, and profound uh, expression of that. But it might be that there's something where you can say, yes, I, I can see how that works and, and this is an issue for me. Please help me. With that in mind, I think it's probably a good idea at this point to highlight that in James, his, um, James' book, uh, his letter, in the New Testament, one of the things that he says is a mark of a discipling community is that they confess their sins to one another. The level of vulnerability that James thinks is appropriate for disciples is that they are open enough to be able to say, I can tell you what my sin is and I'm willing to let you know what that might be. It's a big ask. And I think if we recognise the extent that Jesus went to as a sacrifice for us, maybe we might if not embraced and take a step or two towards the idea that the community he's given us and the people he's provided us with are worth trusting.
Let's pray again and then we'll finish. Holy Spirit, would you walk with us and remind us of the grace that is given to us and for us? Would you help us to have a sense of joy in our place with Jesus? Would you help us to be confident of the love the Father has for us, which means that nothing can really threaten us? And now we pray your blessing on us all, today and every day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Take care, and God bless.